You're listening to the Sports with Neil and Friends podcast with your hosts, Jessica and Victor. Welcome back to another episode of Sports with Neil and Friends. I'm your host, Jessica Ann Roberts, joined today, as always, by Victor Vargas. Victor, how the hell are you tonight? Oh, I'm managing. Um, the playoffs are happening, of course, which is what we're talking about here. So, for the vast majority of this, yeah, I did not. I, I, I playoff stress isn't fun. Apparently, this is what you assholes have dealt with. You've dealt with every year for like the last every, decade. It's better than not being in in the mix, you know. But it's still like you know, it brings its own quirks, I guess, to it. Quirks. That's how you're describing the heart-wrenching, soul-crushing pain I experienced yesterday. Well, okay, yeah, I, I guess Tuesday. we should. We can dive right into it, Jess. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but before we do that, do you have a poison of choice for us tonight? So I always have to ask that question. I have coffee, and I had the day off today, so I went to the weed store, as we're allowed to do in Washington State. I'm right glad. now I have coffee. Yeah. I'm glad I live in the land where I know I'm actually free. <laughs> All right. Uh, I do not have a poison of choice because I've been trying to get my computer to desperately work so we can record this. For those of you who don't know, uh, we did our podcast last week on Twitter Spaces after a failed attempt at a fails- Facebook Live video due to my continued computer issues. For those of you who are tech smart, let me know why the fuck my computer won't um, update Windows. That would be greatly appreciated. I mean, Windows 11 is overrated. Apparently. Probably, probably I don't know. I haven't fuck. used it yet. It fucking, like, I, I, it won't fucking load. At all. That's insane. So, I've had to reset my computer twice now. Nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. I hate it here. Um, you know what else I hate is going too down, down to nothing to the fucking Astros. Yeah, I was definitely rooting for you guys in this series for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know. I guess, do you want to get into t- today's game, Jess, or to the first? I guess we should start the first game. Yeah, and we, we I do also want to take a brief moment to recap, talk about that Blue Jays series because that was absolutely nuts, and we really haven't had a chance to talk about it. But yeah, let's let's start with Game One of the American League Division Series, the Mariners' first ALDS appearance since two thousand and one, back when the ALDS was the first round of the playoffs. Um, they beat the shit out of Justin Verlander, six run. They scorched him for five or six runs. Uh, got another run off the pin. Uh, we're up 7-3. to three. Logan Gilbert looked absolutely fucking brilliant against this lineup in that bullshit ballpark. Yeah, I've never enjoyed that uh, left field, like, I don't know. The Crawford two- boxes? Yeah, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, in terms of bullshit ballparks, like, that's up there. Yeah. Why they could but... move those more towards center and then have a weird jog out in the left center instead of right down the left field line, I don't know. It's stupid, and Granted, arguably the other gotta... stupid thing is, I don't know, how did you feel just about pulling Gilbert out? I was fine with it. I mean, Castillo got a little bumpy there, but he managed, he held it together. Um, 
the problem was going to Munoz for his third straight game. I know there was two days off in between, but the dude's thrown like, and he they went to him again today, and the dude's thrown like fifty pitches. In in his in not the, ideal in in his first four postseason appearances, you got to give him some time off, Scott. I know he's your fire breathing fuck uh slider throwing put outer right fire at put firefighter, but dude's got you can't you left. I was fine with leaving him in for 1.2 against the Blue Jays, and I was on the fence about bringing him out there in Game 2 against the Blue Jays. But come on. Give the guy some games off. (laughs) If we see him in Game 3 in Seattle, which we'll get to here in a moment, I will be pissed. I mean, I would imagine you're already pissed, Jess. Um, I'm very... There's... He made the decision. I mean, we just have to talk about it. Like, he sends Robbie Ray out and just, uh, dude, I'm sorry. Robbie Ray is not anywhere close to Randy Johnson or any, I mean, he's not like, it, it was stupid. It, I mean, this might've been the dumbest Seattle sports moment or decision of all time. Uh, uh, That's something. There's a slant in the Super Bowl to talk about in there too, Victor. This is true, but it's kind of this. I don't know. It's like, there's never, there was almost no doubt. Like as soon as Robbie Ray went on the mound, it was like you just knew. Like everyone in the ballpark, everyone watching just knew this was yeah. not gonna end well. It was gonna end poorly. Um, and I get the idea was uh, Alvarez has struggled against sinkers, right? But at the same time, you have to sit here and go, okay, dude struggled against sinkers. But also, he's hit the shit out of Robbie Ray the few times they've played. They faced each other. Um, I saw a post-game quote from Alvarez where he, he knew that if it if it got if the lineup got to him in the ninth inning, um, he would be facing Ray when he saw that Ray was up in the bullpen, and so he just sat there until he went to the on deck circle, going over their past matchups on the iPad in the in the dugout. Yeah, he's, he studied, you yeah. know, as a, any great hitter would do at that situation. With the, those tools available to him, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, uh, the the reality is, 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 as bad as the Robbie Ray decision was, what was even worse was bringing Paul Seald out there when he'd gotten rocked in Toronto. Ball, yeah. We saw it again with Munoz, right? Munoz and... Seawald are two pitch, really two pitch relievers. Uh-huh. And it was clear, I said this in my article after that game, it was clear then and there that they had figured Seawald out, that they had a plan of attack for two, the two pitch pitchers. That's how they managed to get two runs off of Munoz to make it take it from seven to three to seven to five. And throwing your other two-pitch reliever out there was bad. You have Eric Swanson on the roster. Eric Swanson is yet to make an appearance in this postseason. It's truly bizarre. You have Swanson rostered. But, you have Penn Murphy rostered. We saw him in that second game at Toronto. Throw them out of their approach, Scott. Like, I'm mostly happy with his bullpen management during the regular season, but his bullpen management this postseason has been atrocious. Oh, yeah, it's been awful, and it kind of opens... I mean, we've praised Scott's decision-making and roster-building um, throughout this whole 
podcast. But yeah, this is kind of this is the big question mark now regarding his decision making when it comes to like high high, high pressure situ- high pressure situations. Yeah. Um, Cuz it was just like I mean, this is like Don Mattingly levels of bad decision making in the playoffs, absolutely. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Like it... The problem with relying on your analytics for data, like, you know, when you're looking at day-to-day stuff, your analytics are going to be your best situ- best tools for judgment, particularly in the regular season when you're in a rhythm. With the dumbest shit postseason scheduling, that day-to-day rhythm doesn't matter. And the postseason's such a crapshoot anyway, just like any two-week stretches throughout the regular season, which, by the way, Remember how I, you know, that bad two-week stretches are a thing. Bad week stretches are a thing in this sport, which, you know, the Mets found out, and your Dodgers could very well find out, right? And as the Mariners are finding out right now against fucking Houston. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, I mean, Houston is a talented team. I mean, you can't disregard that aspect of it. But, I mean, th- especially this game, I mean, there was no reason for the Mariners to lose this game. Yeah, game um, one, no. It was it was just bad, bad bullpen bullpen management, as you said, Jess. Um, and the bats just at the most crucial moments they they put up seven out. runs. They they did. They should have. It should have been I enough. Can't be mad at the, the offense is, for putting up seven the, runs. The bullpen is. I'm just saying though, when you see the, right, it's debatable if momentum's even a thing, but it's like. You are so wishy-washy with momentum. Yeah, you gotta keep going. It matters when you need it for when your I, narrative. When I, say, when I say it matters, goddamn it, that's <laughs> it, it. It only matters for your narrative. Look, exactly. Momentum matters. Momentum's a th- in my opinion. Momentum's a thing. It's super fucking finicky. And the best people to assess it are the people who are there in the moment in the game, not the commentators in the box, not the fans in the seats, but the players on the field. And then you, you just, you know, whenever you need to drive your narrative, that's great, Victor. I'm glad it's there oh. for you. Just, oh, God, this, this loss is, it was a bad loss. This is a bad of a loss as I've seen. In postseason no, play? No, yeah, no offense, Jess. But this, is, just... this is two days after what happened in Toronto on Saturday. Are you sure you want to stick that up there? I mean, you guys basically did the opposite of, Four runs versus seven runs. You guys, I mean, situation-wise. Yeah, that was bad. That was a chance to take game one and at a very minimum guarantee yourself a game four. Right? Against Justin Verlander, too. They beat the shit out of him. They destroyed him. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen again. No. Probably not. Yeah. It's going to take a 95-style run through the back half of this Houston ball start rotation to make a push for the American League Championship Series, and I don't think the offense is there. No, I mean, especially against, like you said, the Houston pitching um, and the hitting as well. I mean, this is a pretty good line. This is about uh, this is arguably the best team in baseball for a reason. Uh, Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, of course, Fucking Bregman. I mean, this is like 
Bragman was the one who knocked in the knockout below today. So just yeah. so you guys know, we are, we are recording this on October 13th. Like, this is a team that can just do a lot of damage and stifle uh, a lineup. So it's like, this is not good no. <laughs> to be down 2 nothing to them. Um, no. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, we, yeah, we should briefly talk about game two. I mean, I think we kind of bullied Robbie Ray enough. Well, we 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 should we need to talk talk about Jordan Alvarez too, um, because actually that pitch that he crushed was not in a bad spot. It was round the knees on the inner third of the plate, a spot that Alvarez typically hasn't seen a ton of pitches or swung at a ton of pitches. I was looking at Fangraphs heat maps earlier. Uh, Alvarez just knew it was coming. Yeah, and we can't even blame trash cans because of pitch calm. Yeah, no, he just, he read Robbie and just, he knew what Robbie was going to do. Um, I mean, it's just, it's the mark of a a good hitter. Just, you know, he studied Robbie, he knew what to look for. Crushed it. Yeah. And and honestly, at that point, if Seawald isn't hung out there, if, uh, to dry, if, um, uh, Munoz isn't hung out to dry, it doesn't matter. No biggie. Uh, today's game, because we we do we need to talk about that. Today's game um, was a dog fight until Munoz got, you know, they walk they finally walk Alvarez, only for Bregman to hit a, a RBI single to score the runner from second to make it four two and put the game out of reach with that bullpen. Munoz need if Munoz makes an appearance in Game Three, I'm going to fucking scream. He needs time off. He needs a rest. Yeah, I mean that's four. Yeah, like four straight games. That would be four straight games if he appeared. Yeah, I mean I know there's three. There's four days off, like actual off days in between. But for what he gave you in Toronto, he should not have made an appearance. I'm going to say it in. He should not have made an appearance in game one. Or today. Like, yeah, now yeah. you just extra delayed it. I mean, yeah, I see, know this, it... is the, this is the problem with bad bullpen management. It affects the whole series, not just the one game. Right. I mean, I know, I understand the logic of putting your best out there against their best. But the dude gave you nearly 45 pitches, 45 to 50 pitches in the Toronto series. That is a lot for a two-game series, two back-to-back appearances for a reliever. Hmm. Right? Like, yeah, it's going to take don't know. some time to recover from that. He, if he'd been off limits in game one with another day off today, yesterday, and then he would have been fine. He probably would have been okay for game two, <laughs> except for the fact that again, Houston Scott and approach figured out to these two pitch relievers. And the fact that we continue to, and I mean, you know, it's the same problem we had in game one. Swanson and Murphy sat on the fucking bench in the bullpen. Why are you even rostering them? If you're not going to use them, I know they're not the high leverage arms, but they've been some, you know, particularly Eric Swanson has been one of the better fucking pitchers in baseball this year out of the ball, out of the, in the back half of the games. Use him. He's on your fucking roster. Hey, you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, you got it. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you don't... As you said, if you give Munoz some rest, he probably does well here. Or at least he's, like, more... 
on it. You know, he's got he's got his stuff. <laughs> right. And again, yeah. the other thing to keep in mind is it's clear that the Houston Bats have a plan for how they're going to handle Munoz and Seawald. Do something different. Throw throw their expectation and their game plan out of their late inning game plan out of the window. Do you think this is like a a sign of some inexperience? Like I don't it's Scott, it's like this is his first playoff series as Yeah. His second of this playoff game. series. Yeah. Or second, yeah, excuse first me. First postseason appearance. Um Yeah, and I mean I mean as we said, this team obviously is very young. Yeah, um, and a lot of the vets haven't. I don't think Suarez ever made went to a postseason. The Reds went to the, the wild Reds. card a couple of times. I mean, yeah, but okay, all right, good. <laughs> the I didn't the just, were I the know. Reds in there in with the twenty twenty. I think they were. Series. Yeah, you're right. So they had that wild card series. They do have that, but I mean that's it. Like that's it. Um. Just I, I don't know. Some of this is like, yeah, like growing pains. You know, as much as we don't want, we would. It would be nice, right, to have the Mariners not go through something like that, and just yep. be no, just be playoff ready. Don't mm-hmm. just don't think about it too hard. But the reality is, I mean, it's possible that that's affecting um, these guys as well, yeah. and Scott, because I mean. There's got to be something like there's. It can't be just he looked at a piece of paper that said, "In this situation, the, yeah. do this." Like, dude, you gotta. This is why you're the manager. Like, I can read fucking numbers too and just pick the highest number or whatever. I. Like, you, you got. You got to read the situation. Yeah, and I think there's gonna be some long conversations about this. Um, you gotta avoid a sweep, particularly with Game Three coming up in Seattle, the first playoff game at T-Mobile in 21 years. You got to. Right? Um, Fans have earned it. Also, the world doesn't need more Houston Astro playoff baseball. No, it doesn't. I don't care what ESPN or whoever or MLB Network wants. Fuck him. Fuck Houston. (laughs) Fuck that Houston kid. It would be an absolute disaster for ESPN if the Mariners knocked out Houston. I would love it. Please. Yes. Please give me all of the chaos. Um, oh no, I just we'll see what happens. I uh, Kirby's taking the bump, I think, in Game Three. I don't know who Houston's rolling out there. Um, Monday was a gut. Tuesday was a gut punch, man. Like Tuesday fucking hurts. Even still, like I'm not. Today sucks, but Tuesday hurts. Uh huh. You know. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like, you know, obviously the you know Mariners' first playoff appearance since 2001. But I mean, so you're grateful for that, but then at the same time, it's like, no, but we want more. We can't be satisfied with just right. the appearance. They like, got a playoff. They swept the Blue Jays. And sweeping, yeah, but it's like no. We need more than that. We need nom noms. Yeah. So. Uh, this team, I don't know. It's young. Um, I hope this wakes up management and the owners to like, hey, we. I mean, they know, I guess, that they have something here. They just need to 
just a couple pieces short. Yes. We're you're acting like they've already been swept. Am I really gonna go watch the Astros fucking clinch an ALCS berth on Saturday at T Mobile Victor? I mean, I mean I'm just saying, I don't know. Just in the future, no matter regardless of what happens on on Saturday. Or this series. I mean this Yeah, this team it has pieces in it. You just gotta yeah. in the off season look at what's available and add to it. Agreed. All right. You wanna talk about your doyers? They're one one after today. Yeah, not ideal. You would have liked to have the two O lead. Um like but I mean the Padres team's really mentioned. pretty fucking good. I don't know, like uh yeah, they're just they're a pretty good team. I it sucked too, because I mean we did kind of jump on Darvish yesterday. But it was just the bats like fell asleep at the second half of that game, unfortunately. They won five three in the first game yesterday, right? Or was that today when they jumped on Darvish and then fell asleep? Uh, yesterday that was okay. So it was yes. they won five three yesterday and then lost five three today, if I'm remembering correctly. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, they won five three on Tuesday, and then yesterday w- lost three to five. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Cause you guys got all the fucking time slots for yesterday. I mean, Jess, come on. Fuck you. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> no. Does that mean the NL is going to get screwed with the scheduling next week, next year? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. So stupid. Sorry, I have completely gone off on a tangent. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about it. Talk it's about the um, Yeah, just, I don't know. The problem with the Dodgers here is, like, they're not playing their best baseball, which I guess you could see as a good thing because, hey, they're not playing their best baseball right now. There's room for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would like that to happen this series just because the Padres are going to be a tough out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This team, the bats, the hitting in this series has been frustrating to watch. And won't lie, there's a lot of bombs for sure, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's almost too, they're swinging for the fences a bit too much, in my opinion. Right. Um. And I just, I, I get that that's the strength of this team. It's like there's a lot of power. It's a lot of contact here. But at, at a certain point, you got to just do that. Yeah, just put the ball in play. Stop trying to hit solo home runs. But dingers. Dingers are sexy, but. Chicks dig the long ball, I'm telling you from experience, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> did, okay. you, did you leave the call? I'm out. I'm leaving. No, uh, I don't know. It'll be. Oh God, the problem. It sucks too because like the Kershaw star was actually like pretty good. I mean, we right. consider like like the lineup the Padres have here. I mean, this is still a very dangerous team without without Tatis. Yeah, especially with Soto in there. Mm-hmm. Soto. And then who's there? What's his face? Josh Bell. I forgot. Yeah, the pinch hitter. Mm-hmm. Pinch hitting. And then, I mean, Machado, of course. Uh, but yeah, in the second game, it was actually like the bats of like Jake Crowen was worth. And um, yeah, I mean, he had a big day. 
<laughs> Jake Cronesworth, um, as well as Machado, of course. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's very hard. It's hard to stop Machado. You kind of just have to contain him. Well, that's no fun. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It's going to be a dogfight, which is like kind of what I was afraid of. Yeah, afraid of, but also just like I was hoping it wouldn't happen. But I mean, that that's just kind of the reality of the situation is this team is built to win the World Series as well. Who... They had some hiccups in the regular season, of course, but like they're yeah. playing, they're playing well right now. It, who would you have rather faced, the Mets or the Padres? I don't know the Mets for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean the Mets are, are clowns. Yeah, here's <laughs> a, I this is gonna be a here. bit of a tangent, but I do want to point out that people are like LOL Mets because they blew that division lead. If you extrapolate just the September and October Mets record, that's still a ninety six win season. Like if you take that win percentage over hundred and sixty two games, that's ninety six wins. That'll win you no. the division most years anyway. No, yeah, Atlanta just pulled another bullshit, like, <laughs> I mean, out of nowhere type thing. During that same period, right, September and October of the regular season, Atlanta was on a 116-wing pace. No, yeah, Atlanta's going to be... Assuming we beat San Diego, um, assuming that Atlanta wins, I mean, that's a scary... That's a, that's going to be a scary series. They got the fills, right? How'd that game end yesterday? That's the only one I didn't see the results of. Pretty sure Atlanta won that one. Phillies won the first one, right? Yeah, so they're tied 1-1 as well. And then the Yankees and Guardians got rained out today. Yeah, we can't figure it. They don't have roofs over in the East Coast. Or the Midwest. <laughs> it's just not... It hasn't been invented yet over there. They don't. They don't know how to do it, except for Tampa and Toronto, and Miami. I mean, Miami and Tampa would literally be, get flooded otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you have to go there, Victor? <laughs> oh, I wasn't. Even, sorry, I wasn't even talking about that. I'm just saying it's Florida. It gets wet over there, <laughs> just in general. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, did you catch any of the Phillies Guardians or uh, Guardians? Geez, Guardians uh, Rays games. Not really. No. I mean, it is funny that the Guardians won in two games. It's just classic Rays to just like. All that noise in the regular season, and then just shit the bet. They only won eighty six games this year. Yeah, but they I mean I guess going into the season, they were expected to be like a. The East was just such a juggernaut, and the Orioles came out of fucking nowhere at the end there, after the trade deadline. Uh -huh. So who knows? Not me. Not me. I don't know. I'm still hopeful, yes. I'm still hopeful for a Dodgers Mariners playoff. But that's that's the World Series that we need. We deserve it. God damn it. You know how pissed MLB would be if it was Padres Mariners in the Vetter Cup? The Vetter Cup is the name of that landings given that rivalry. That. <laughs> would you even watch? I don't know. Probably. 
<laughs> just for the podcast. I watched it. Watch it with the Mariners. Oh my god, you'd get no East Coast eyeballs on that whatsoever. I mean, yeah, because the East Coast, they totally know baseball. Yeah, for sure, guys. You know, like, the one East Coast listener that listens to the show with regularity is pissed and just turned it off, right? Oh, no. We lost the one East Coast guy. (laughs) All right. I'm ready to move on to what was honestly a frustrating loss for the Cougs, if you are. Yeah, I don't know. Dodgers in five. Calling it. What are you calling for the Mariners? Mariners in seven. (laughs) (laughs) See, the only way it can work. Fuck you, Victor. If they force game five, I'd be shocked. Honestly. Never say never. I have sads. <laughs> Speaking of sads, yeah, that coon game, man. I know, like, we've talked about this before, but I'm just kind of done with being mad at refs, but, man, they... They fucked they, they bring me back. They just bring me back. The, that <laughs> game, like, eye test, eyeball test and stats-wise, that game was not this 16 point, decided by 16 points. The officiating is what made what could, should have been a one-score loss into a two-score loss. Uh-huh. That's actually more likely a three-score loss, even though it's, you know, 16 and two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. But... Officiating is what took that from a touchdown at most to two, to 16 points. Extending USC drives, putting WSU in holes. Now, a couple of those were legit mistakes by Washington State. Uh, But, hell, one of USC's touchdowns came on, right, a play after OPI was called defensive PI and OPI on the Trojans wide receiver. God. Yeah, I could I unfortunately couldn't catch this game. I could only watch the highlights, and obviously highlights only tell you so much. The um, Travis yeah, Dye's was... first touch, first or second touchdown. It was the, right at the start of the third, right at the end of the first half. The one that made it from, took it from 14-10 to 17-10. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah, I just, dude, I remember on Twitter, there's a lot of people especially when it was UF, USC's offense on the field. It was like, they were just bailing them out over and over again. <laughs> I, Rich Eisen was criticizing the officials in this game, Victor. Dude, that's when you know you fucked up. Because, I mean, I don't know. Like, Rich Eisen's a cool dude and everything, but I, it's hard for me to picture him, like, watching a Coug football. Like, he definitely wasn't watching that game for us. No. Right? He was watching it for the Trojans. <laughs> but for him, so, is... the fact that he's calling out the refs, uh, for basically being biased towards the team that he, that the reason he tuned in to watch this game, you know, um, re- that re- says something. He he called the targeting penalty on WSU's offensive lineman, which isn't going to fuck Wazoo at all against Oregon State and their defense. Um, ridiculous. Yeah. On Twitter. Um, you know, after USC pushed the score to 30, I'm like, you know what, that's it. I'm leaving the bar. I don't need to be spending any more money. I'm getting on the bus. I'm going home. I'm going home. I am going home. No more wasting money. No more wasting money at the bar. <laughs> you know, for a day where I watched Mariners, the, that historic comeback against the Blue Jays, and the that Cougar game, 
I only spent forty nine bucks. Not too bad. No. Two games. Two games. Yeah, you were in the bar for a while. I mean that that take a about game six game. hours. Like, and what, like half a half of that football game? I don't know how long you were Three there. Three quarters. But, yeah. I you know I don't like to stop watching Wazoo games early. I'm gonna watch it till the bitter end usually. But I I knew how that was gonna go. The game was over, right? That was when you saw the officials routinely extending USC drives. And we're not even. I would much rather be talking about Cam Ward and uh, the freshman running back Jenkins right now. And we'll get to them in a moment, especially after Nikia Watson left with an injury. But. You have the offensive PI, the defensive PI, which was actually offensive PI, right before USC scored right at the half. Um, WSU's final touchdown of the game was preceded by defensive PI, where the receiver had to come back and make the catch anyway. I think that was Nikia Watson who did that, or maybe it was Jenkins. It was one of the running backs. Um, And they still caught the fucking ball. Uh and then there was a pair of defensive holding calls that were ridiculous. Um, down the field as well. And I just... I know I said a couple of times at this point. You know, it's been nearly 30 fucking years old when you're watching the same shit year in and year out from this conference's officiating crews. They're not going to fix it. For whatever reason, they're completely incapable of fixing the problems. Right? I mean, it's, but it's still frustrating to watch, for sure. It, it can make the product downright unwatchable at times. And you know what's fucking... I noted this in my, my morning after column, because I didn't want to write a recap. I was too drunk and too, too drunk, too drunk, really drunk on the Mariners on Saturday. But the morning after, I sat down Saturday and wrote a, a, a column where I noted... Over the last decade, WSU has been one of the more consistent programs in the conference outside of Oregon and Utah. Washington, USC have not been as consistent. And we're still, we're getting rat fought. We got a fucking ref job in the Coliseum, in our final, what's probably going to be the WSU's final game at the LA Coliseum. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad. It taints the games i mean it taints the conference i mean the pac-12 reps are just like infamous over four years after the non-targeting call and the targeting scandal in that gardner Minshew game right and like we're still having this problem i mean it's it's ridiculous yep it's hard it makes it hard to be a fan of a football team in this conference that that isn't what? USC or Oregon. One this conference clearly views as expendable because they're right. We need them more than they need us. But still, it's like you want... Like, you should expect fairness in these games. <sighs> Victor, this, or at least this is the call... NCAA. You're talking about the NCAA I here. I know. But it's like, damn. You could at least be a little more subtle about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. You'd hope so. Um... Let's talk about Cam Ward, because his progression from game to game to game has been quite impressive. Against Cal, he threw two really boneheadedly stupid interceptions. No boneheaded stupid throws on Saturday. No, he played pretty well. 
Um, you consider the opponent and everything, like. Like he not even just bad. accounting for the opponent. Let me get his stat line up here. It's USC. There's supposedly the top seven program according to AP, but you know whatever. Hold on, let me get the the stats up from this game. Yeah, you're good. And I mean, yeah, Ward played well. Jenkins as well. I mean, had yeah. 130 yards, 13 carries. It's insane. Yeah, so let me... <sighs> Ward, I believe he had two touchdowns. Yeah, two touchdowns is like 288 yards right now. 172 yards. He was uh he was nineteen for thirty two, not the greatest completion percentage. But he averaged hold on. You know, five point four you get the average wasn't there. Uh you definitely saw a lot of what the why you see you definitely saw with USC's athletes why um WSU's been throwing a lot of more screen passes and not really focusing downfield because they don't have the talent up front with the offensive line. And that's why that targeting penalty is going to come back to bite them in the ass. Right? with Against Oregon State, which also has some really uh, aggressive defensive guys in the front seven this Saturday. And yeah. it's going to cause problems. Major crippling problems. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Could definitely, <clears throat> excuse me. Could definitely see Wazoo losing the Saturday. Luxury but I mean, exemplary. It'll be. I don't know. It'll be a tough. I'm still Sorry. here. It'll be, no, it'll be a tough matchup. Um, but Ward. I mean, the the nice thing is Ward is progressing. Yes. Game by game. I mean, you can see the decision. It's not just like his athleticism or anything. It's his decision making, which yes. is so important. It's crucial to where they're going to go from here. Um, I was particularly impressed with how he stayed true to the pocket at times, even though it was collapsing in front of him. Um, his decision-making on whether or not to run or try to force a pass downfield or try to pass it to somebody is still there because there are some times against USC where he still could have picked up some yardage, and he didn't because, for whatever reason, he made the decision not to run. But... Again, these are things he's going to learn, right? Obviously, they're staying within the offense, but there are still steps he needs to take. Um, Jenkins was absolutely fantastic. You're right, just even outside of the stats. Oh, yeah, I know. He looked like a big-time runner. I'm I'm excited wow. to see what he can do, particularly in, air, in Morris's version of the air raid. Yeah, it'll be... It'll be nice to see him, yeah, get get involved in, you know, the passing game, a little bit. Um, just I, I don't know if the Coos are gonna win this Saturday. It's definitely gonna be based on the offense and just keeping up. Or you and could just, and, beat, and beating Oregon State's uh, front seven. Yeah, you're gonna have that's the key matchup there. I mean, there that's gonna help the defensive. The fact that Oregon State's got such bad quarterbacks helps too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're yeah. hoping for a couple of picks, um, particularly if Chance Nolan's out there. Chance Nolan has been really, really, really horrifically bad with his decision-making. I don't know if you've caught any Oregon State games this year, but it's been laughably bad. 
hey, I'm down for it. Let's get it. Uh, just, I don't know. The game, it, it feels, I'm nervous about this game. This definitely feels like the type of game where the Cougs just get blown out because of, I don't know, just poor decision making or something. Yeah. But it is a little comforting to see that Cam Ward is at least heading in the right direction when right. it comes to that aspect of his game. Computer off! Gotta turn off the computer sometimes. Um, and just, <laughs> I already I took my titties. I don't really, I don't I don't really have much idea. to say about USC. Just fuck them. Fuck the Trojans. Enjoy your massive travel expenses in the Big Ten and getting wrecked by Ohio State in the in the Big Ten title game every year. Fuck you. Yeah, I just fuck them. Um. Speaking of that, uh, it should be noted just quick, real quick before we move on here, that um. The Pac-12's exclusive window with ESPN and Fox for the media rights negotiations has expired. Um, now they can open it up. It's expected that Amazon or Apple are to be involved in the discussions along with your typical networks of Fox, CBS, ESPN. All I doubt CBS is going to be particularly in on these negotiations because of all the money they just spent to get the Big Ten. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I could definitely see Amazon or Apple. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing that makes the Pac-12, particularly with how they've done the Pac-12 network, uh, enticing to ESPN or to Amazon or Apple is that the Pac-12 network's ready-built. They've got the office yeah. space. They've got the talent. They've got the programming. Ready, set, go. Just slap on, you know, the company logo on the corner or something. Yeah. Like that's that infrastructure is already in place. That's not something they have to invest in. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Amazon or Apple probably probably pay more, uh, but you're gonna get less eyeballs. Oh, Amazon Prime has a lot more uses than Apple TV does. Mm-hmm. So. But I mean, I don't know. I could see Apple trying to make a move since, uh, especially since you know the Amazon had that deal with. Uh, the NFL to broadcast the Thursday night games. Apple has MLB Friday night games, which is more content if you think about it. That's true, yes. So, we'll see what happens. I, It's going to be very crucial to keeping the Arizona and Mountain schools in okay. is how this goes. Um, those are the schools the Big 12 is most likely to pick up. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm I'm extremely curious to see how Kliakov handles this. Yeah, no, it's gonna be crucial to the existence of the Pac-12. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, thank you, USC and Cal. UCLA. That I'm is sorry, a Cal UCLA, campus. UCLA. It is a Cal campus, so you're not wrong. But when people say Cal, they tend to think of Cal Berkeley. That's true. Not UCLA. Uh, but yeah. But yeah. Fuck them. So, Fuck them all the same. Um, yeah. So I'm. What do you? What are your thoughts on that Seahawks game, Victor? I mean, at least you guys aren't the Broncos. Like the Seahawks team's actually been kind of fun to watch. They I'm have been exceedingly fun to watch, which is not something Pete and John have been able to build. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if even Pete, like, intended for it to be this way. I mean, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, this defense is still fucking awful. Oh, don't get me wrong. It is about... It's what's holding the team back. Like, if this, if this defense was at least average, <laughs> I mean, the Seahawks could be, like, 4-1. Who the fuck would have thought that? Who the fuck saw Geno Smith being the highest-rated passer I'm all through the first it. five I'm, weeks I'm, of the season? I am all for the Geno experience. Like, let's get... Geno! I, I want more for him getting paid. And, you know, it's not going to be the Seahawks Finally got his chance. And he's making the most of it. And, you know, you like to see that. Yeah. I, amazing what happens when you, actually, when you actually invest in an offensive line. And, to be fair, he can throw more down the middle of the field because he's actually tall. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know how much you want to delve in on our boy Russ here, but yeah, that is probably something that the Seahawks roster has been like, oh, thank God, is, hey, we, our quarterback can throw down the middle. Yeah. I mean, Russ could throw down the middle. He just, just needed to get away from the pocket before he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always, like, felt hard. Like, well, it felt like it took extra effort well, on for top, Russ to do that. On top of that, he didn't have the investment in the offensive line, right? He didn't have two... I, top, you know, five round, you know, he didn't have a first and fourth round pick at tackle up there in front of him, who both, you know, the thing that Cross and Lucas, Abraham Lucas, both really excel at is pass blocking, and none of the guys the Seahawks brought in for their offensive line when Russ was here could do that particularly well. And then they traded for Jimmy Graham to pass block. I mean, apparently, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't to get touchdowns in the red zone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like that also was a. I think I've said this before, but I think he did that almost intentionally, just as a it, big. Fuck it feels rest. like it, doesn't it? Get yeah, him like, like oh, so now you get off offensive lineman. Like wow, actual offensive lineman that can pass block. I think that's honestly being like, no shit. That and until he broke his ankle, Rashad Penny's right. Uh, Rashad Penny's emergency running back until he got hurt again. Um, yeah, the offense that's been the biggest def- difference for this offense. Yeah, no, Rashad Penny was having a great season. That fortunate that it ended this last Sunday. Um, yeah, that really sucks. Just snake bit by oh. the injury bug. Yeah, but um. I don't know. Gino did. I guess we should, if we're going to criticize Gino a little bit, he did do the Gino thing at the end of this game against the Saints, where he like just held onto the ball for like way too long on that yeah. last drive, and then got took a bad sack. Yeah. Um, killed the drive. Um, so I mean, there is still a little bit of that Gino curse that we saw, like when in his time with the Jets, but like right. it's not as like bad as you know when he first entered the league. No, and, I mean again, it's Geno Smith. Like I don't know, he's exceeded any any expectations <laughs> going into the season. Yeah, this is not what I was expecting from Smith, like at all. You know, I didn't think I thought he was. In, I thought, uh, you know, I thought he'd be okay, but like this yeah. is way better than okay. <laughs> he's got time to pass. He's got guys who can block in front of him now. And again, that's something Russ never really had was that kind of consistency or that kind of talent because Abraham Lucas believe it or not, is a better tackle than a fourth-round pick. He has more talent. But because he was in an air-raid offense and his system got 
<laughs> out in the middle of nowhere, he got fucked. Yeah. Like if if but good on the Seahawks, you know, we found him. Yeah, that was. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just. It's weird, man. I don't know this whole situation. This is just so bizarre. Seahawks and Russ and Pete. Like, I, it's Pete still bizarre. has smartest guy in the room syndrome, and you can tell that because he instead of going for it on fourth, like you know, we talk about that final drive where they had that opportunity to score again right at the end of the game, right after New Orleans had taken the lead. Right? That's the one you're talking about where he took that bad sack? Uh, yeah. Uh, the drive before that where it was fourth and two or fourth and three, and he punted. Oh, right, yeah. You, I, just, I, I yes. tweeted out from the Sports of Neil account, your defense isn't getting you the ball back, Pete. Yeah, like it's not. I don't know. Yeah, Pete's still your right. You, you can, that little bit of like, oh, I'm the smart. I'm like, the smartest guy. My defense can do it. Your defense is literally the worst in the league. Your defense has been has completely and utterly corroded, and this is why, despite Geno Smith's resurgence in the offense, his ability, the offensive explosiveness, this is still going to be like a team that's in the bottom third of the draft, is because Pete overlies on his defense like it's still the strongest thing in the room, and that's what's ha- handicapped this team from winning another Super Bowl from 2016 to 2019. Mm-hmm. Right, there's a four-year window there where if they had invested in the offense particularly the offensive line, they could have won another one, but they didn't. They kept trying to fix the defense. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I, um, I, I kept harking, I keep harking on that, and again, you're seeing the same, and on top of that, you're seeing that kind of conservative defensive first approach from the head ball coach. It cost them the game, uh, right, it cost them several games down the stretch, and that's honestly what lost them this game in New Orleans. Gino wouldn't have been in that situation if Pete had gone for it because that offense was absolutely moving. And if you can't trust that offense to pick up two or three yards in that situation, then what the fuck are you even doing in this job still, Pete? And just, I don't know, especially in yeah the Saints game. I mean, it basically, it wasn't the Saints who beat the Seahawks. It was Taysom Hill. Yes. It was one man. And I hated, I hate this so much. Like, this is, of all like the narratives of the NFL, this is the one that annoys me the most. It's like this Taysom Hill thing. <laughs> it, it reminds me of like, um, like Tim Tebow, but like a little less annoying than the whole Tebow thing. But it's still Taysom doesn't have that whole obnoxiously over the top performative religious thing going for him. Yeah, but it's still annoying. Just I don't know. Anytime Taysom Hill's on the field, it's like, dude, you know what he's gonna do? Like just like yeah, come on. Yep. Take him out. Like, I don't know. It, it's stupid. Um, and Seahawks fans, it should you should learn that two things can be true at once. Where Pete's defense was terrible and Russ, you know, yeah, it probably it was on the downhill starting yeah, last season or even the season before that. We've we talked about how he's lost a step. And that was so it's, much yeah, of his game, yeah. right? Um But he also yeah. the the offense was not Sit, and again, I'm gonna, you know, where whereas the offense is taking advantage of Geno's strengths right now, it was not taking advantage of Russ's strengths. And maybe no. that's because Russ hasn't realized he's lost a step, he's slowing down, or it could be because the coaching staff thinks this is what we can do with this short quarterback. Yeah, 
I just I don't I think Russ knows he's lost a step. I just he does not He looks this bad. Se- this season he has not He looks so uh, bad. He's not stepped out of the pocket really. I mean anytime he tries to, it's it was only Well I mean there's absolutely no one in front of him will he like run to the sideline, you know? Yeah. I mean I think he I think he deep down he knows he's just he's gone. That athleticism is not there anymore. Yeah, it sucks. He, I mean, if you watch like old Russ Wilson highlights, yeah. like from his rookie and sophomore years, it's like, damn, yeah, this is not. And uh, there's Pete's made some snide comments oh, about what it's nice to ha- how nice it is to have a quarterback who stays within the offense. Get fucked, Pete. He had to get yeah, out of the offense yeah. because there was no. He would have died. We probably would have gone. <laughs> he would have been murdered. Cussed. We saw it with his fucking finger last year. And another thing too could be. Um, you know, not to give Russ any excuses, but supposedly he's been playing with a hurt shoulder. Yeah, if the Broncos again, have made again. him play through that, that's un- inexcusable. Just like with again. the fucking Tua Tagovailoa concussion stuff. Yeah, it's just kind of it's very frustrating to see like teams and player. I mean, you, you got to put this a little bit on. Oh, Russ, Russ too. absolutely dude, needs to eat this. Do this for not the same the red mistake flag. where it's like, dude, if you're hurt. Say something. If you're like actually hurt, then you gotta rest. Like you just have to. How many times have I talked about advanced age? I mean, he's like what? He's thirty four now. Thirty. I think five or thirty three or something. How old is Russell Wilson, Siri? Let's see what Siri says. <laughs> Siri, no. Thirty three. I mean, it's still yeah. That's the wrong side of thirty. So yeah. So you know, Russ hasn't done himself any favors. Uh, Denver's coaching staff definitely hasn't done him any favors. 60-plus yard field goals. Into the wind. And um, poor down decisions. And just, in, like... Yeah. It's, the Broncos... I don't know how much you want to get into the Broncos, Jess, but I mean, this... It's an atrocious... Like, it looked like a... They looked disorganized as fuck. That's what happens that's when you have a rookie head coach. Yeah. Anyway. Lol, Broncos. Sorry, Matthew. Oh, works out for me. I mean, thank God the Raiders are watch, get yet, getting, getting back to the, the Seahawks here real quick. Watch Geno Smith throw for like 3,800 yards this season and still finish with like a 4-13 and record. I mean, do you think at that point Seahawks fans would wake up, Jess, and be like, oh, maybe it was Pete the whole time? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is Seattle. We're stupid. Yeah, I can't even lie. And I guess I don't know. The Seahawks shouldn't be insulting in, our listener base in, like that. In, in, interesting schedule coming up. Um, they got the Cardinals. Yeah. Which I don't know. It, it so it seems to be a tough out for the Seahawks. Like no matter how bad the Cardinals are, like I don't especially early on. But I don't. We'll see. They're, I don't know. They, they it's have a the 50-50 same record, game, don't they? Opinion, but yeah, I don't know. It's a fifty-fifty game in yeah. my opinion. We'll see what happens. I uh, don't have a particular ton of faith that this this is gonna this is the offense is gonna be able to keep this up, and that's not me trying to attack Geno or anything like that. Um, no, it's understandable. I just I don't but... think they have the playmaker. They have Lockett and they have Metcalf. Hey, and they've who? Been, they've been good. And Kenneth Walker. Smith's been <laughs> funny as shit. Yeah, not gonna lie. So. 
that that's the same kind. Of, you could say kind of the same thing with the Cardinals. I mean, outside of Kyler, I mean, what does this team have? And also, like, what's their idea? Like, what are they trying to do offensively? Like, that's the thing. I they've still really don't. gotten really far away from the air raid, haven't they? Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. You were always pretty high on him, Jess, but I just think I think Cliff Kingsbury is kind of making it up. As he goes on, like, I don't know. I think Cliff... I, I never thought the move to the NFL would be good for him. I like Cliff. Okay, okay. I just don't think the NFL's good for him. Yeah, so there's the Kyler Murray thing, and then I, I'm pretty sure Hopkins is still out. He'll be out for this game. So, I mean, you don't have your number one wide receiver. Uh, John Brown's been pretty good for the Cardinals, but, I mean... He's a burner, right? Like that's that's his thing. He goes deep. Yeah. That's about it. Fuck it, go deep, baby. Or did I say John Brown? I'm sorry. It was Hollywood Brown. It's too many Browns. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's a pretty common last name for a reason, Victor. <laughs> it's hard to keep. It's hard to keep track sometimes. Um. So. Uh, I don't have anything else to talk about today, do you? Uh, I mean, I guess we could briefly discuss the Raiders game. I think we probably should. I mean, that was a crazy game. That was some bullshit. I had fun teasing you, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a good game that was unfortunately tainted by questionable ref calls. I mean, it's been a lot of ref ball on this podcast. Ref, 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 ref. Well, you know, if the refs would stop inserting themselves into games in such horrifically awful manner. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'll give Chiefs fan this. I mean, I agree. I don't know what Chris Jones is supposed to do there. Right. Um, it definitely should have been their ball. It just... The refs just thought differently for that particular play for some reason. Um, yeah. Pretty bad, but I do want to point out there was also a phantom holding call on a field goal attempt. That defensive holding. So the last time defensive they, holding was called on the field goal was the same officiating crew in twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think makes, it was. That makes me say like it's a phantom call. It's a bullshit call. No, you just wanted to make up for the fuck up you did previously. I, it sounds like this crew is calling it though, Victor, particularly with this head official. Like, he is, they are watching no out for it. Does. I don't it's understand why, but this crew is. It's just, I don't know. It's like, so is this, so like, it's stupid. Because it means, like, what? So now the coaching staff has to, like, keep that in mind, too. It's like, oh, the these refs tend to call this bullshit. They already penalty. do. Like. They already have, they, they have entire segments of, like, the front office that develop scouting plans for officials. Scouting reports for the officiating crews for their games. To game plan I mean, and coach I, around that. I feel like that should tell the NFL something. So. You know? But unfortunately, it won't. Um, I don't know. The Raiders, I mean, I'm not saying the Raiders would have won if that call didn't happen. Right. Um, but it definitely, it, it hurts that game. Yes. It hurts it hurts football to when you see shit like that. It's kind of like, well, what the fuck's the point of Right, watching this shit, Victor. You know, we, just, we we we're su- we've succeeded on the robo umps. Now we just need robo officials. <laughs> yeah, like or like they already have it. 
You know what I mean? That's the frustrating part. Like, they already, like, call New York about, like, other plays or, like, other calls. Right. So, like, why can't you just, like, call New York? Or why can't New York or whoever, like, the head head official watching from the sky or whatever, like, call up and say, hey, look at that again. That wasn't, mm -hmm. that wasn't roughing the passer or, like, that wasn't holding or whatever. Like, it's not that hard. Because, I mean, I do will say, like, refereeing a football game, refereeing a professional football game is hard. It's hard as fuck. Like, I don't know how they get any calls, right? I don't know. Like, so yeah, they should get all the help they can get, which includes another set of eyeballs yeah. watching them. Agreed. Fully. Uh, you have a skating date soon, sir. I do. And I do. have groceries on the way. Ooh, fun. So, uh, unless you have anything urgent you want to talk about this week, I think we, we wrap it up here. Fuck the Astros. Oh, hot takes. Do you got any hot takes? I actually do. Um, This is my... Hot, 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 hot take. Ouch. Burned my fingers a little there. Yeah, here's my hot take. Can we just so with beat writers during the NFL offseason, you know, I get that part of their job is to like hype up hype up the new like free agent signings or whatever. Yeah. But the writers who hyped up the Allen Robinson Matt Stafford connection should be in jail <laughs> for, for misinformation. Like deliberate misinformation. Like what the fuck? There, this is literally the all I heard all off season. Jess, since Alan Robinson was signed by the Rams, was oh my god, him and Matt Stafford, they have this connection. Holy crap, they can't like Alan Robinson's doing crazy things. They're gonna like get Alan Robinson on your fantasy. Get him like he. They're gonna tear up the the NFL. Alan Robinson's gonna be the this year's Cooper Cup. He hasn't even been close. No. He hasn't even been like his usual like good receiver self, like where right. how he was when he was like you know with Jacksonville. Um, yeah, he's been like a he's like I don't throw them all in jail. Yeah, so so all these reporters in jail. <laughs> same the same ones who also hyped up the Matt Ryan to Colts. Uh, off season. I mean, there's a lot of hype around Matt Ryan, you know, taking control of this team or whatever, and like. Oh yeah, he's like a general out there. He's like got this team focused or whatever, and they—they've been awful. They've been about as bad as like the Broncos have been. Yep. So yeah, reporters, like there needs to be consequences, Jess, for <laughs> some of these hype pieces. You think? Yeah. In jail, thirty days. Jail. Okay. Fair. Um. I don't have a hot take. I do, however, want to bring back my hot, bring back attention to my hot take after week one of the NFL season. And what the fuck was that? Uh, do you remember when I said the Giants are going to be the most enter more entertaining team to watch because they actually had a coaching staff that had balls? I do remember that. I I believe they are I four and one. Are they not? They are. They Brian Dable's been since spicy. <laughs> I'm gonna stick by that. I'm gonna because I remember saying in that segment. They're not going to be, they might not be good, but they're going to be entertaining as shit. I officially retract the part, I guess this is a hot take, I am going to officially retract the part where I said they might not be good. Uh, 
They are good, and they will continue to be good with a coaching staff that has balls. It's an underrated stat when you're hiring a coach. is like, how big are his balls? <laughs> and that is where we wrap this motherfucker up. Thanks for listening this week, folks. See you in two weeks, hopefully, with all my computer shit sorted out. You've been listening to the Sports with Neil and Friends podcast uh, on your favorite app podcasting platforms. Go Cougs. Black Lives Matter. Get your fucking shots.